Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Songs and Stories podcast. Coming into August, and with Kerry having just won the men's senior football All-Ireland, it seemed appropriate for episode 17 to be the Rose of Tralee. The Rose of Tralee is a 19th century Irish ballad about a woman called Mary, who because of her beauty was called the Rose of Tralee. The Rose of Tralee International Festival, which I'll speak about in a moment, had been inspired by the ballad. A lot of people believe that this is the other way around, and that this song was simply written about a Rose of Tralee, which is the winner of the fair or the festival. This is actually very far from the truth. The words of the song are credited to Edward Morden Spencer and the music to Charles William Glover, but a story circulated in connection with the festival claims that the song was written by William Pembroke Mulchinock out of love for Mary O'Connor, a poor maid in service to his family. The Rose of Tralee, Mary O'Connor, lived in the middle of Tralee town in Brogue Lane which took its name from the brogue makers or shoemakers who lived and worked there. Mary lived in a thatched cabin with her parents, her sisters Bridget and Ellen and her younger brother Willie. Her father was a brogue maker and her mother worked as a dairy maid and Mary was said to be very beautiful. Her status as the daughter of a brogue maker and dairy maid meant Mary was destined for work as a maid or house help. When she was 17 she secured employment as a kitchen maid for the Mulchinock household in Tralee. The Mulchinocks were a wealthy family of merchants who owned a wool and linen draper shop on the site of what is now a Heaton's department store in Chile. Michael Mulchinock had married Margaret McCann and they lived in the Grand Mulchinock House in the West Villa. The family owned a considerable amount of land around the house and the neighbourhood as well as property in town. They had servants, coachmen, gardeners and farmhands. Michael died of a fever in 1828. So Margaret Mulchinock was the head of the household when Mary O'Connor started working in the kitchens of the West Villa. Also living in the house were Margaret's sons, William, Edward, Henry and her daughter Maria. Mary O'Connor was delighted to be given employment at the West Villa. And soon Margaret's daughter, Maria, seeing that Mary was intelligent and kind to her children, asked her to be made to her daughters, Anne and Margaret. Margaret Mulchinock's sons had grown to be young men and William was becoming a bit of a dreamer. In the eyes of the family, he was a good-for-nothing, and even worse, a poet. In November 1840, Henry, William's younger brother, died. William was inconsolable, as he was closer to William than his more practical brother, Edward. He wrote a poem about his feelings. For him of the fair young brow I weep, who takes in the churchyard now his sleep. 
For he was the star above sun bright, that tinged with light of my love, my night. It wasn't long before William met his sister's new nursemaid. As soon as he saw Mary, he was transfixed by her eyes, her grace, her long dark hair and delicate skin. Mary and William began to meet each other every day by the well in the grounds of the West Villa that looked out over the sea, mountains and sometimes they walked down Lover's Lane or up to Clahan to dance. One night beneath the pale silvery moon, William asked Mary to marry him. However, William's family disapproved of him seeing Mary, the brogue maker's daughter who lived in a small peasant house in the middle of town. While Mary loved William, she knew that their union could never be as it would force him to turn his back on his family and he would begin to regret the day he'd ever met her. She declined his offer of marriage. William refused to give up. He wrote a song or a poem for Mary to try and convince her otherwise. And that song was the Rose of Tralee. But Mary still refused to marry him. The next evening, after attending a political rally in town, William went to visit Mary at the West Villa and gave her a ring that he placed on her finger. Suddenly the door burst open and a friend of William's rushed in to inform him that William had been accused of the murder of a man at the rally. Two men had gotten into a fight and as the leader of one of the rebel groups challenging the upcoming election, William had been held responsible. William's friend informed him that there was a warrant out for his arrest and a ward of 100 gold sovereigns for finding him. He was told to make for Barrow Harbour and got on a wine ship that was leaving that night. William kissed Mary goodbye and told her that he would return soon. William made his way to India where he worked as a war correspondent. Here he met an officer from Limerick who asked William what had brought him to India. When William told him, the officer said that he would use his influence to get William returned to Ireland and to Tralee, a free man. So in 1846, six years after leaving Tralee, William returned. He stopped off at the King's Arms in Rock Street for a drink before planning to visit Mary in nearby Brogue Lane. The landlord began to draw the curtains to mark the passing of a funeral coming down the street. On inquiring who the funeral was for, William was told it was for a local girl from Brogue Lane, a lovely and fair young woman named Mary O'Connor, the Rose of Tralee. William was devastated and his heart broken. There was nothing left for him but to visit Mary's grave on the outskirts of the town. The famine was at its height in Ireland at this time and most of the country's 8 million inhabitants were trying to survive on a diet of potatoes alone. William never got over Mary's death, and despite marrying and having children, he refused to forget her. William moved with his family to New York in 1849, but returned alone six years later to Tralee and lived the rest of his life in Ash Street. He died in 1864 at the age of 44, and at his request was buried at the graveyard in Clarebrine, next to his true love, Mary, the Rose of Tralee. Mary O'Connor's grave is at the graveyard in Clarebrine, which is on the Fennet Road out of Tralee. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In 2019, the Rose of Tralee International Festival, as part of their 60th anniversary Living History promotion, employed the services of Dr. Andrea Nini, a forensic linguist working on cases of disputed authorship. His report concluded that a poem written by Tralee poet William Pembroke Mulchinock called Smile Mary My Darling was published and passed off by Edward Morden Spencer in 1846 in his book of poetry The Heir of Abbotsville. The poem was adopted to a poem called The Rose of Tralee with the air being reset by Charles William Glover from one of his previous ballads. The Rose of Tralee International Festival is an international event which is celebrated among Irish communities all over the world. The festival, held annually in the town of Tralee in County Kerry, as I mentioned, takes its inspiration from the 19th century ballad of the same name about a woman called Mary, who because of her beauty was called the Rose of Tralee. The words of the song are credited to Morden Spencer and the music to Charles William Glover. But again, claims that the song was written by William Pembroke Mulchinock, a wealthy Protestant out of love for Mary O'Connor, a poor Catholic maid in service to his parents, is very widely accepted. The festival has its origins in the local Carnival Queen, once an annual town event, fallen by the wayside due to the post-war emigration. In 1957, the Race Week Carnival was resurrected in Tralee, and it featured a Carnival Queen. The idea for the Rose of Tralee International Festival came when a group of local business people met in Harty's Bar in Tralee to come up with the ideas to bring more tourists to the town during the horse racing meeting and to encourage expats to return to their native Tralee. Led by Dan Nolan, the then managing director of the Kerryman newspaper, they hit on the idea of the Rose of Tralee Festival. The event started in 1959 on a budget of 750 punt. The founders of the organisation were Billy Clifford an accountant with the Rank Organisation, who was one of the first recipients of the Golden Rose Award, which was inaugurated to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Festival of Kerry. Dan Nolan, involved with the Tralee races, Joe Hussey, a shopkeeper in Tralee, and Ted Keane Sr., a local restaurateur. Originally, only women from Tralee were eligible to take part. 
In the early 1960s, it was extended to include any woman from Kerry, and in 1967, it was further extended to include any woman of Irish birth or ancestry. Recent winners have included three women of mixed heritage, the likes of Tara Talbot, Filipino-Irish, Claire Cambometu, Indian-Irish, and Kirsten Maitmar, Zambian-Irish. On winning the title in 2018, Mar said, There's no typical Irish women. We're all different, and we all come in all shapes and sizes and skin colours. We're such a diverse community, and we need to embrace that. In 2004, the Rosa Tralee Regional Finals were introduced to offer more people an opportunity to participate in the Rosa Tralee International Festival. It was held every year until 2015 in Port Leash, in County Leash, on the June Bank Holiday weekend. In the inaugural regional final, 14 girls competed for three places in the Rosa Tralee International Festival in August. It became bigger each year and in 2015 the regional finals brought together 56 roses from the United States, Ireland, Britain, Europe, Canada and the United Arab Emirates. Over three selection nights, seven Irish roses and 16 international roses were then selected to progress and join the other nine roses at the Rosa Tralee International Festival in August. From 2004 to 2015, the number of rose centres grew to more than 65. The regional finals became well established and was a prestigious part of the process to finding the next Rosa Tralee. In 2014, it was announced that the 2015 regional finals would be the last in favour of a revamped selection process held in Tralee. In 2020 and 2021, the events were cancelled due to the restrictions in place to address the COVID-19 pandemic in Ireland. In December 2021, it was announced by Anthony O'Gara that married women and transgender women can enter the Rosa Tralee. It was also announced that the maximum age limit had increased to 29 years of age. So as mentioned, the Rose Tralee Festival is held every August in Tralee to choose a young woman to be crowned the Rose. The winner is the woman deemed best to match the attributes relayed in the song, Lovely and Fair. She's selected on the basis of personality and should be a good role model for the festival and ambassador for Ireland during her travels around the world. It's not a beauty pageant and the participants, known as Roses, are not judged on their appearances but on their personality and suitability to serve as ambassadors for the festival. The festival builds itself as a celebration of the aspirations, ambitions, intellect, social responsibility and Irish heritage of modern young women. Each of the 32 counties of Ireland selects a rose, and the international roses chosen from around the world also participate in the qualifying rounds now staged in the festival dome in Tralee. Ultimately, 32 roses are selected to appear in the televised selection finals on RTE1, out of whom one is crowned the Rosa Tralee. The selection, which is broadcast over two nights by RTE, has been hosted by Dohi O'Shea since 2010. It was previously presented for 17 years by Gayborn. Other previous presenters include Terry Wogan, Brendan O'Reilly, Michael Toomey, Kathleen Watkins, Ray Darcy, Ryan Tuberty, Marty Morrissey and Derek Davis. The first presenter of the Rosa Tralee, before it was televised, was Kevin Hilton. The festival overcame financial difficulties in 2004 and has strengthened with growing visitor numbers and maintaining strong viewership figures. The maximum age for women is 29 years of age. Married women are also eligible to enter as of December 2021. Until the year 2008, unmarried mothers were not allowed to enter the contest. Men also participate in the show in the form of Rose Escorts, who assists the Roses during their time in the festival. 
The escort who works hardest is named Escort of the Year and is invited back to the festival the following year. Like probably every song on the Songs and Stories podcast, it's been covered and recorded hundreds of times, but it's made a lot of film and TV appearances too, particularly from the 1930s to the 1960s. Will Scully produced and directed a Channel 4 documentary called The Rose of Tralee. Bing Crosby recorded the song on the 17th of July 1945 for Decca Records with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra and it was included on his album St. Patrick's Day. It was also sung by the cast at the end of the play Thirst of 1942 by Flann O'Brien and Channel 4 comedy Father Ted also parodied the festival with the Lovely Girls competition. The song was used by the Ireland National Rugby Union team at the 1987 Rugby World Cup. It was a compromised choice instead of a national anthem due to the political situation in Northern Ireland, which is probably a conversation for another day. Kerry GAA supporters have also adopted the song and the Rose of Tralee can regularly be heard sung around their matches and success as it was in the recent All-Ireland win over Galway. So that's episode 17 of the Songs and Stories podcast, The Rose of Tralee. From a poem written about a maid in the 19th century that inspired the Rosa Tralee Festival, which is still huge today, to a stand-in national anthem and a song ringing out through the tannoy of Crow Park. This song has a great legacy and a great story, and not only to the people of Kerry. Although this is a podcast about songs, when there's so much behind the song and the story, it can be difficult to leave some of it out. And that was certainly the case with this episode. We got to hear the story behind the song but it was also almost impossible not to speak about the festival too. As well as the actual content and stories, it was quite difficult to choose a version of the Rose of Tralee to play out with. There's so many brilliant and very different versions, from the likes of Bing Crosby to Daniel O'Donnell and Nathan Carter's live performances held at the festival itself. But here's the Rose of Tralee by Jim McCann. Ah, the pale moon was rising Above the green mountain The sun was declining Beneath the blue sea When I strayed with my love To the pure crystal fountain That stands in the beautiful Vale of Trally She was lovely as the rose of the summer Yet t'was not her beauty alone that won me Oh no, t'was the truth in her eyes ever shining That made me love Mary, the rose of Trally The cool shades of evening Their mantle were spreading And Mary, all smiling Was listening to me The moon through the valley Her pale rays were shedding When I won the heart of the rose of Trally Though lovely and fair As the rose of the summer Yet 
was not her beauty alone that won me. Oh no, twas the truth in her eyes ever dawning that made me love Mary, the rose of Tralee, that made me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.